Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. It's good to be back in your balls. I hope you had a great week. I am currently sitting on the floor in my closet, living my best ADHD life. <laughs> Actually, that's that's an overstatement. I up and was living my best ADHD life up until about 10 minutes ago when I realized that I have somehow lost my podcast microphone. I don't know where it went. I, I don't know how you even lose something like that, but it's gone. And that's my ADHD in fine form. I have a tendency to do things like this. There is no surprises and no shocks here. <laughs> so as a consequence, I am sitting on the floor in my closet because this is the best place to gain a high quality audio uh, without a high quality mic. I'm just using my uh, iPhone headphones right now. So if the uh, audio is a little less than uh, stellar, please forgive me. <laughs> I have ADHD. Uh, today I, I'm going to I'm going to share a little bit of a personal update and a bit of a story, and hopefully this is going to be helpful for a lot of you. Just to sort of set some context, I was uh, coaching a woman this week, a really smart, ambitious, super crazy nice woman. When I, when I mean crazy, she's not crazy. She's so nice that it's crazy, and I adore her. And she has come to the decision to leave her job. And she is comfortable with the decision as a decision on its own, but the head trash around it and the pre-worrying that she's doing around regretting that decision somewhere down the line is where she wanted to focus our conversation. And I think that if you have ever suffered from head trash, this is my new term for, you know, all things getting up in our in our busy brains, then you're going to resonate with the story that I share today. Uh, I'm not going to share her personal story, but it is apropos to what's been going on in, in my life and in my thoughts and some other stories that I've heard recently that I thought would be really helpful, not just for ADHDers, but for anybody who at any age is still struggling to figure out What's their thing? What are they want to be when they grow up? I'm 52 and I'm only just coming into that now. Maybe I came into it at 51. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing for a lot of us. We don't all come out of the womb knowing who we are and what our gift to the world is. So hopefully today, um, by sharing some stories, I can enlighten you and give you some perspective. So as I was coaching this gal struggling with the story, we talked about the idea of making a hard decision where, yes, you're going to have moments of, oh, crap, what did I do? Because that's human. But you immediately are able to come back to something where you know that that was the right decision for you because of uh, what's most important to you. So what, that's where we needed to get clarity from her. Because when we can identify what's most important to us, it makes all other questions very easy to answer. So with that, when you're very clean about the decision you made, and even though it's a hard decision or an easy decision or you know maybe like a complicated decision, you can always come back to this was the why behind it and feel a sense of peace immediately. 
I'm going to park this, that, my client story right there um, because I want to now travel to another story that will tie into this. Everything's going to dovetail into where I'm heading with this. But the second story I want to share with you is I was on the treadmill earlier this week. That's not the exciting part. <laughs> but I was watching one of my favorite YouTubers. His name is Dr. K. And it's Healthy Gamer GG is his title. And he is a board certified psychiatrist. Uh, who left his career, I believe he left his career, I don't think he's still practicing, to do live streams uh, and share mental health, not services, because obviously he couldn't do it in this capacity, but mental health support, coaching, all of those great things for the gaming community. I am not a gamer, but I adore this guy and his lectures because he goes deep into science. And he also balances science and spirituality. His culture or background is Indian, brings a lot of yogic practices into his talks. And I also feel very strongly that yogic practices have a huge influence on our happiness. Uh, so it, it, suffice to say, that's not really the, the crux of the story, but I'm setting it up for you to know that this is where this guy is coming from and the story that he told hit me really hard. And it hit me in that place where it helped me to make some tough choices. It helped me to guide my client who is dealing with a tough choice and is probably going to help you too. So anyways, he did a lecture on Dharma. And Dharma is basically like a, I don't know what the exact Sanskrit translation is, but Dharma is really your purpose. And uh, it, it may or may not be a career but it's a calling, you know? Some people are called to ministry, some people are called to parenthood, some people are called to politics, or some people are called to, you know, just doing very sort of everyday work to support their family in whatever capacity that is. Let's start with where Dharma can really impact your life and help you decide what it is you want to do with the rest of your life. Our Dharma is attached to our values. Our values are what is most important to us. Some of us value health, some of us value family, whatever, you know, but we all have values. You may or may not be very crystal clear on your values and that's not abnormal. Uh, and I would recommend you go to my website at itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash tools and I have a free value assessment on that uh, page. There's a whole bunch of assessments there, but the values assessment is one of them. It's not psychometrically proven, but it's just something to get your brain going around what do I value, what do I not value. Your values are your intrinsic desires and your intrinsic, they're attached to your intrinsic why. So whenever you make a decision about doing something in your life, if it comes back to your intrinsic values, there's a very good chance that even though the process may suck, you're going to end up somewhere where the end result and the journey is going to be worth the struggle. If you make choices in your life based on extrinsic motivators, and the, the way that Dr. K described this as was anything that you use your senses to derive meaning from. So if, I'll, I'll tell a story of, let's say you're a kid watching this uh, movie, and it's a movie about Harvard Law School and going to law school, and you are enamored by this movie, and you're just like, oh my God, all I want to do is be a lawyer, and because you think that's going to be so much fun, and I'm going to have this amazing career, and you know, power lunches, and make a lot of money, and be able to impact people, and get into politics, and it's just going to be so awesome. So you work your butt off in grade school, high school, 
you get into a good college, you work your butt off in college, and you get into Harvard University. And you're the, like, the first in your uh, family to go to college, and you're full-ride scholarships the whole way, and you graduate law school, Harvard Law, top 30% of your class. And what you learn throughout your three years of uh, law school is that you hate law. Everything about it bores the bejeebers out of you. And you do your summer interns and you realize that this like this movie depiction that you had seen many years ago was nothing like the reality of working in a big busy firm and the slog and the hours and the pressure is just so intense that as a matter of fact, nothing seems um, even remotely appealing about it. So because you have used external motivators to choose this path, you worked super hard, not always doing things you wanted to do, but to line up the things you needed to do to get to this point in your life where you know everything was going to be tickety-boo. And when you get to that point, you've been so focused on getting to that point that you have embraced the suck, or maybe you haven't. And only to find out that the, the end result is a booby prize. And you are so focused on getting to the end result, which ends up being a booby prize, that you never take moments to look behind you and see everything that you have accomplished or the path that you've taken to get there or savoring any moments along the way because it sucks the whole way along that path until the point that you get to the booby prize. Now contrast that with somebody who as a young child has a pet and they are obsessed. It's a dog and they, the connection they have with this dog is you know, so beautiful and profound that they couldn't see any other path forward but to be a vet. Like, it would be great to be a vet because they have so much compassion for animals and they want to eliminate suffering. So that kid also busts its ass to get all the way through school up into the point where they get into veterinary school, which is even longer than um, law school and costs even more money. And they get out of uh, vet school and it was hard and the process was not easy at all. But along the way, during their classes and their internships and stuff, they would do really cool things like help help a cow give birth and, and go into um, poor neighborhoods and and help people that can't afford veterinary care with their pets. And they just see so much suffering and they're able to do something about it in the moment that, you know, it's very, very, very gratifying. And when they finish veterinary school and they set up their practice, they still love the idea of being somebody who helps animals because they, that connection to animals has never stop, but they realize that there's a bit of a booby prize there too, because being a vet is also being a bit business owner and you got to charge people and a lot of people can't afford veterinary care and, it's, and you've got to like put animals down. You've got to deal with people who are sad or look at abused animals. There's a lot of hardship in being a vet, but below all the hardship, there's a very, very distinct why. And that why is that connection to uh, animals and that deep connection to the childhood dog that inspired this whole career. So there's, there's two people, right? Like the person A who went to law school, person B who went to veterinary school, who both endured a lot to get what they thought was where they wanted to go. And the difference being the lawyer went based on externally motivated factors. And the veterinary student took the inspiration and motivation for their career path and went forward from a place of knowing and a place of 
connection to something that was of very high value to them. So obviously, even though both paths were hard, the vet ended up having a very meaningful experience. And that was the vet's dharma. Uh, Whereas the guy who went to law school, it clearly wasn't his dharma, even though he had great intentions because he eventually wanted to go into politics and, you know, help right the wrongs in the world. And he may or may not have been my husband. (laughs) That may or may not have been his story but got disillusioned and ended up taking a different path after law school. So that is the story of Dharma. And I didn't talk to my client about Dharma, but what I was hearing in her voice was a lot of trepidation around making this decision to leave her job because there was a lot of different variables. And one of them, like she was concerned obviously about finance, but she was also concerned about her kids. They had some uh, struggles in school. They both had ADHD. She has ADHD. And taking care of them was time intensive. And she'd already gone from full-time to part-time to take care of them. And now she was thinking of going to no time in order to prioritize them. So as we were talking about this struggle she was having with this decision, and she's like, I'm just, I'm afraid that somewhere down the line, I I think it's a good idea now, but somewhere down the line, I'm afraid I'm going to regret it and have all this head trash around that. And, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And and she was going on and and circling um, and spinning as uh, uh, busy brains typically do. And I said to her, wait, of all of the things that you just mentioned, what is most important to you? Like, what is the absolute most important? And she's like, hands down my kids. I'm like, why? And she said, I have ADHD. I clearly gave them ADHD. And I feel a moral responsibility to just make sure they're set up well for life. And I can't do that if I'm constantly working, even if she was only working part-time. She's like, my, my schedule's just so busy. I don't have enough time to spend with them and I want to spend the summer with them. And I said, okay, I'm looking at you talking about what's most important to you. And I hear no head trash whatsoever. I hear very clear and precise reason why you want to do something. And when I presented that to her, Although she knew like that was one of the reasons, it didn't occur to her that that was the most important thing. And when she heard what I reflected back to her, she was like, oh my God, you're right. And I said, you know, if, if what you want to do is to be there for your kids right now, because you've seen evidence of when you are around, they thrive. And when you are not as available, they struggle, then work is obviously money is important and financial stability is really important but the one job that you are in now is not the end all be all it is probably in the grand scheme of what matters in your life not even anywhere near as significant as the quality time you're going to have with your kids particularly over the summer and then maybe in the fall you think about going back to work or something else and that just gave her such a, a lightness and such a clarity around her decision that it suddenly became clean. And that's what she wanted. She wanted like a clean sense of confidence around the decision she was making. And she got it because she attached to her why, because she had a very profound sense of why she was making the choices that she was making. So I wanted to share that on the off chance that you are either struggling with a decision or aren't trusting your decisions. Because I think this is true of all of us, but particularly with people with ADHD, We have very often a background poor decision making in the past because of impulsivity. And we can very often bring that fear of impulsiveness into the moment and think every decision we're making is potentially impulsive. And this was not an impulsive decision for her. So we started kind of creating some boundaries around how can I make decisions and 
create some guardrails to ensure that they're not impulsive. And they absolutely were not impulsive for her at all, but she was afraid that they were. So I would encourage you to kind of think about once you've gotten clean on a decision, how are you going to remind yourself of what your why was and what your dharma is, if that's more aligned to who you are? And how are you going to remind yourself that in the moment that you made the decision, you made it for this reason? Because at the end of the day, decisions have to come from a sense of prioritization, from a sense of what is essential to you. Because the world's going to keep spinning and throwing all kinds of crap at you. And if you have ADHD, it can be really hard to prioritize. That's one of the things that we struggle with in terms of executive function. Like everything feels important all of the time. So unless we have those processes in place for ourselves to decide what's most important in the moment and then what are small things or you know medium big things that I need to do and what are my check marks or guardrails to ensure that this isn't an impulsive decision. This is a, a decision grounded in what's most important to me. That's very often what coaching is very good for as well. And that's, that's what I use coaching for as like a, an objective sounding board and to help me think through my own thoughts. It's that whole idea of, you know, you're stuck in a jar and the instructions to get out of the jar is on the outside of the jar. <laughs> so you need somebody to help you get yourself out. Uh, so anyways, that was a, a beautiful way for me to describe this whole idea of dharma and purpose. And uh, to tie this to ADHD, when you find out that you have ADHD, whether you're a child or you're an adult or you have a child with ADHD, finding your zone of genius and your character strengths and identifying those things along with your values, which change over time, what you value as a four-year-old is not what you value as a 48-year-old. But understanding what those are at any point in your life when you're making decisions and when you're guiding your own life, you, all, you want to be so crystal clear about what's important and you know, what your talents, strengths, and ideas of a good life are. And you want to be able to lean into them as much as possible because we don't always have control over what we pay attention to but we know that we pay attention to things that are urgent so if there's a you know a dumpster fire going on we're going to pay attention to it but that's not how we want to live our lives we want to live our lives paying attention to what's most important to us what's most compelling and interesting so if you want to thrive with ADHD you've got to make decisions that support that and I know that you're probably thinking to yourself yeah that's great Karen you know I'd love to leave my job too but I've got a million bills to pay well I understand that. And there's a whole other conversation that we've had, I've touched on in the past about focusing on financial health so that you can support these kind of decisions. But whatever season of life you're in and whatever financial situation you're in, I'm not suggesting you leave a job, but I am suggesting get very clear on your strengths, where you excel and align that to your values and make sure it matches up with whatever is most important to you in the moment, what matters most. And that is a recipe to finding your best ADHD life, if you will. Get clear on who you are. Get clear on your strengths. Get clear on your values. Get clear on what's most important. And then make a decision that aligns to those things. So that's the lesson I have today. And it aligns to something personal. I'll kind of share some personal stuff that's going on right now. So if you know you don't care to hear the personal stuff, I won't be offended if you drop off at this point. I have made a few personal decisions in my life recently, and I'm so excited to share them because it is really the culmination of 51 
almost 52 years of not knowing what the heck I wanted to do with my life and what my dharma was and what my purpose was. I bumped around throughout my entire career in and out of corporate doing several different entrepreneurial ventures. But because my entrepreneurial ventures didn't, they had a why. Like one of my um, values is freedom and flexibility. But I didn't have a clarity around my skill set and I didn't know I had ADHD, so I didn't realize I needed to build external structure to make sure that I was producing and moving forward in the right direction and prioritizing the right things. I'm a very different person now because I have a lot of ADHD training and a lot of self-awareness, but back then I failed again and again in entrepreneurship and kept going back to corporate. Uh, and I kept getting disillusioned with corporate because that's really not where my nervous system enjoys being. Uh, and I would leave corporate and then I go back to entrepreneurship and it's been like a ping pong thing my entire career. But this week I finally made the decision that it is time to let go. I was holding on to my last corporate client like a rope. You know, I was holding on to that client like there were my financial stability and I knew like from a data perspective and just a sheer numbers looking at my bank account that yes, I can let go of that rope. But uh, I was afraid to for the longest time. And, and that's, that's, again, that's me being afraid of my own impulsivity too. Yes, I have a, another career that I've been building up for the past year around ADHD coaching and, and obviously my fit, fitness coaching before that. It was now time for me to transition into that full time and to trust myself that the same failures I saw in my previous entrepreneurial ventures would not repeat themselves this time because of all of the tools that I've learned and the self-awareness that I now have. I just didn't know if I trusted myself. I still don't know if I trust myself, but I know my why and I know my dharma. And because of that, and because I have like the numbers and I know I can afford to do this, I decided to leave my corporate uh, client, which was, I would say like more of a more than part-time, but not full-time position that I've had for four years. I landed there four years ago on a six-month assignment. And four years later, I was still there. And I, I, I mean, I worked for an amazing client and I met so many amazing people. But it was time for me to go. It was time for me to let go of that rope and let myself fall into what I call my dharma, which is coaching. And everything in my life, if I look at it, I can see the dots connecting now. And I guess that's one of the gifts of being um, <laughs> in my 50s. And I think it was, who's the guy who started Apple? This is my ADHD and my inability to remember anybody's name. The guy who died, you know, of, of prostate cancer a few years ago. You know who I'm talking about. And I'm sure you're screaming it in your head right now. But him, he did one of those college uh, speeches, commencement speeches. And he talked about the dots only make sense when you look at them in hindsight. And I'm having like one of those, those dot moments right now. And all of the dots that throughout my entire career from all the things I did in corporate, which was communication and learning and management to all of like my interest in growth and yoga and spirituality and then my ADHD diagnosis and coming full circle into ADHD coach training and where I am today. Like I've got so much of all of this richness in my career is now landing right in front of me as ta-da, here's your dharma. And my dharma may change down the road. I'm not saying, you know, I have found the one thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But what I can tell you is I am moving into this career with full confidence that my heart and my head, my intention and my values 
are aligned and it feels really freaking good. And you know what else? You know why I know this is a good thing? Because the imposter syndrome isn't there. I just did a video on YouTube about perfection anxiety and the reason why we don't get started on things that we even want to do is because very often we're so afraid of it not being good enough because we've been told so often that we're not good enough. And it has been something that's been ingrained in me. So I took certain steps to make sure that I got past that fear of not being good enough by doing, I talk about it in my video. And if you want to go watch it, it's there. Just search for performance or perfection anxiety, not performance anxiety. <laughs> I mean something else. So anyway, yes. I have resigned from my corporate role and I am now going full-time into coaching and content creation as well. Like I want to, I want at least 50% of what I do to be just, you know, creating videos and doing this podcast and teaching and creating and creating awareness in social media. Cause I think there's just so many women that are undiagnosed right now and I meet them every day and there's so many very common, uh, common elements amongst us, but if you, I will say that the majority of all of the women that I have worked with have been incredibly brilliant and hardworking, and most of the struggle is just in their brain. It's not, it's not necessarily an output thing. Yes, we might have like messy kitchens, and yes, we might lose our podcast mics, <laughs> but we're doing great things in the world, and we're doing it with square wheels. And it's just really hard to drive a car with square wheels, so. I look forward to uh, helping all of all of those crazy, ambitious, wonderful women in my coaching practice. So on that note, I hope that this has helped you think about you know, the choices you're making in your life and how you can pretend, potentially make better choices or feel more aligned and at peace with the choices you are making. Thank you for listening, guys. As always, uh, if you'd like to work with me, check out um, my website at itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash coaching. I am right now taking interest uh, forms for group coaching up uh, until probably the end of this week. And then I'm sending out um, a survey to everybody who has expressed interest. And that will just assess where you're at and what you want coaching on. And I will not be providing more details on the coaching sessions until I get that feedback because that will help me design something that's very custom and that's what I want to do. This first cohort or the first couple of cohorts that I'm doing, I want them to be very special and very customized and I want the right energy in the right people. So if that's something that's interesting to you or sounds interesting to you, it will be at a beta price, so it'll be at a price that will never be offered again. So now would be a good time to jump in, and I have not determined that price yet. So if you're wondering, all of those details will be determined over the next couple of weeks, and it will be based on the feedback that I get. And that's it. And you can also still work with me one-on-one. Thanks, guys. I have really uh, enjoyed your presence here. I see your presence on Instagram when you reach out to me. I see your presence in my analytics podcasting is a little weird because it's kind of a one-way medium, but it, it's a privilege to be in your balls. So on that note, I will see you next Friday and hopefully I'll have a better microphone then. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.